Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast, and I would like to welcome you to episode three of our finance mini series with Alice from My Pocket CFO, where we are running through the huge summary of everything you need to know around finance and accounting for your brand. If you've missed the first two episodes, I would suggest you go back and listen to those first before jumping into the third so that you are all caught up first to speed. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, cash flow and working capital for your company, which as a lot of you are experiencing right now, fundraising is tight, cash is tight. And as a CPG brand, oftentimes you are working with uh, cash flow situations that aren't great where you're paying for ingredients up front and packaging, but you don't actually get the revenue from the sale even for months later, sometimes 60 or 90 days. So we're going to be diving into all those topics today, including cash conversion cycle, how to track and finance your working capital, uh, forecasting your cash flow, and beyond. So to get into all that, I would like to welcome our co-host, Alice, who is the founder of My Pocket CFO, a one-stop platform to make finance management for e-commerce companies simpler. Uh, 20 companies are now using the platform to make finance easy. Alice herself has been serving as a CFO in financial planning capacity for Fortune 500 companies and e-commerce startups in the past decade. She's raised $25 million in VC funding and over $10 million in alternative financing before. She's also a McKinsey and Wharton alumni. So Alice, welcome back for our third episode. Hi, Jordan. Glad to be here again. So today, it's a fun topic that often... Um, confuses a lot of of founders until they get into the weeds of their business. Uh, But talking about about working capital and and cash flow. So to get us started, are there any kind of uh, top line thoughts you want to to share with our audience on how to think about those? First and foremost, cash and working capital are very critical. I would say even more critical for small businesses than for enterprises, for example, right? Because cash and working capital oftentimes could make or break your fate, right? So um, it, it is very important, very critical for small businesses. I, you know, for a simple goal today is I would like you to have a little bit more understanding of, because um, I talk to many founders, they, they're not even sure what is working capital, what consists of working capital. And we oftentimes we use cash projection, cash flow forecast, cash runway forecast interchangeably. So one of my goals today is to give you a little bit more clarity in terms of what is working capital, what is a cash flow forecast, what is a cash runway forecast, because there there are differences. Um, Once you get this kind of better understanding and you uh, hopefully you, you will be more aware you know when you go out talking to different investors partners um uh, vendors customers 
you would use those, I would say, terminology with a more uh, with more precision. And I think even even just to be able to do that will give you finance superpower to in, impress your whoever you're talking to and also to elevate your finance knowledge. I hope that works. Yeah, and you know, even on in episode two, we talked just about how with e-commerce, some if you get paid from Shopify, the cash doesn't actually show up in your bank account for two days later. If you're using selling on Amazon, the cash doesn't land in your bank account for two weeks. And if you're selling with KP or UNFI, um, that can be 30 to 60 days and maybe only 70 to 80% of what you invoice them for. <laughs> and so cash, the, the your your sales and your payments don't, don't line up exactly one-to-one. And that gets into some of the issues of why you need um, working capital. So let's dive in right there. What is working capital? Working capital in accounting term, in finance term, simply means current asset minus current liabilities, right? What consists of current asset? Typically, I would say, obviously, number one is cash. Um, Basically, cash is liquid. And number two would be invoices. And oftentimes, we call receivables, right? So invoices you issue to your customers. And the third type of um, current asset um, would be inventory. Right. So think of those are all your um, liquidable asset, obviously cash. Um, those invoices, you expect someone to pay you in cash in, in those t- terms, right? And inventory, you expect to sell those products. So um, those are three biggest types of current asset. There are also three key types of current liabilities. Obviously, the first one is bills you have to pay, and typically they're associated with a due date. That would be a uh, type uh, a type of current liability. The, the second would be your credit card, your outstanding credit card expense. You don't pay them uh, for about a month, right? So every month you you incur some some liability you have to pay out. The third type of current liability would be uh, typically would be some short-term loans, cash advance you get from Shopify Capital, um, some of the inventory loans um, or short-term like term loans or commercial loans you get from a number of lenders on the market. Um, so the so it's actually fairly simple. Just remember those three types for current assets and current liabilities. And when you have more net current asset, remember that those are pretty liquid and you can use those assets as a collateral to get you more financing, right? When you have a bigger uh, amount of current liabilities, remember that you, um, you, you have bigger liability, which means you may, have to, you may have to cough out more cash to pay out those liabilities. So that's how basically they uh, associate it with each other. So Thanks, before buddy. I dive into more details, I'm, I, I pause and want to hear your feedback. Yeah, I think that um, that makes a, a ton of sense from like the accounting standpoint. And I think as a lot of brands are, are thinking about it, it 
yeah, on a, I think on a practical level, it's basically how much money you have to be able to fund um, the operations of your business and kind of the what what you have on hand or what's kind of on the way sh shortly so that you can pay off any um, any new problems. You know, it's interesting because a lot of brands operate between, I think like a cash basis and accrual basis where some of their products are are due or some, sometimes when they're buying ingredients, they they have to pay immediately. Other things they pay net 15, net 30. And so there's this interesting um, relationship between all the things that you're buying and when each of those are due um, and all varying levels. And at the same time, on the revenue side, when you make a sale, when those payments are going to come in. And then we're going to kind of talk through um, kind of cash flow and, and waterfall in a, in a little bit as well. But, you know, what happens oftentimes I see are brands who think like, oh, you know, this is great. I have a, I have a positive margin on my product. For every product I sell, I have a 45 or 50% gross margin. But don't take into consideration that they need a lot of the money to fund the inventory and the sales kind of upfront, and then they don't get paid later. And what that can leave you with is a, um, a negative bank account, <laughs> right? And if you have a negative bank account, you can't operate or, or do much business with it. So I think that's um, kind of on the practical level, how it, how it really affects brands. Yeah, totally. Actually, I had one customer um, you know, after getting onboarded with it, my pocket CFO, the first comment she had with me was that, uh, oh, you know, um, even though I was still during the onboarding mode, but when I look, because we automatically show our customer a working capital um, report on a daily basis. So when she saw the working capital and we, we have net working capital number, right, uh, report. So she said, oh, I, when I look at, look at my bank account, I saw I have 10K, I use an example. I saw I have 10K cash to spend. I was planning to spend that 10K on more marketing. But then when I look at my net uh, working capital, I actually only have 3K available because I have a bunch of bills to pay uh, this month. So actually that's a, um, that, that she said something like a, like a powerful, she immediately realized I don't have enough cash and I should, uh, I should conserve uh, some spending. I should actually pay more attention to the bills to pay. So that's just one, one example of one of our customers um, realized that uh, how important you need to keep a keep an eye on the the working capital number, not just the the bank account number. Yeah, and I think there's um, I think one thing that happens too, like payroll is a lot of one of those things too. And you can be like, oh, things are like going well. I have some cash in the bank, and then you end up having to pay you know your payroll expenses that accrue. But then not only that, but there's monthly and quarterly taxes as well that a lot of times you like might not think about, which can add up to thousands of dollars that are kind of going out at the end of the month or into the quarter um, that you might not, you might have forgotten about to spend. Totally. And, and that leads to a very important topic I know you want me to address is um, to have a cash flow forecast. Right. Yeah. So um, again, to make things simple for small e-commerce companies, 
think of cash flow forecast as so first step get your starting uh cash position and the and the beginning of the period let's let's say you want to produce a cash flow forecast for the month of august the um, starting point would be your uh, cash position of of your bank right um the beginning cash balance and then you need to forecast out your uh, throughout the month of august what would be the estimated incoming cash flow and typically the biggest cash spend for the incoming cash flow um, in my experience would be uh, receivables and typically they come from your invoices right and most of those invoices i think all of them they should have a due date so that actually gives you all the things you need to forecast out that okay in the month of august what are the invoices having a due date that fall under this month and i could forecast out what should i expect the incoming cash flow and then you need to estimate what's the estimated uh the cash outflow of this month and again one of the biggest items for cash outflow typically is your bills to pay which may include like your rent to pay uh, may include some some other like you know must like payroll for example some of the must pay cash items so list out those cash items bills payroll rent or some other cash outflow you 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 know you will have to pay out in cash list it out right um it, it is important to differentiate i know a lot of the for example like marketing spending or some other general administrative spending you use your credit card so in that case it does not come into the cash flow forecast because credit card is a type of credit you use it's not a cash spending right so uh you you, you get your starting cash point you estimate estimate out the cash inflow estimate out the cash outflow of the month and then you basically use the beginning cash balance plus estimated cash inflow minus estimated cash outflow and here you go you get the ending cash point and end of the month so that's how you do cash forecast on a monthly basis and then you just repeat that for uh, every month, uh, you can forecast out till the end of the year 2022. You can roughly forecast out um, for the, for example, the uh, forward-looking 12 months as well. I think that's great, and I think that um, there's a little bit of work that's that's required in there. But as a looking and talking with founders, one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen happen is when founders don't understand every single dollar that's coming in and out of their business because they can quickly overspend and lose kind of financial um, control over what's actually going on. And I always recommend founders to have a very close grasp on um, what's happening with their money. If they don't fully understand it, get help it, or like, you know, create dedicated days and times where they are um, looking at at the cash kind of coming into uh, into their business. And for a lot of brands, I even know, um, like one of my uh, my mentors and a lot of you know, Elliot Began talks about um, having a weekly Excel sheet detailing all of your expenses so that you know 
all the money, essentially like a weekly budget to know where you're planning to spend, how much you're actually spending, where your cash is coming in so that you have a very tight grasp of your, your cash flow and what the cash is doing. So I think that's one thing that trips up a lot of founders is um, software like QuickBooks doesn't readily or, you know, has in the past had readily available kind of look at like what actual cash you have or, or exact kind of working capital. I know they just released some, some features around that relatively recently, um, but that's something that, that every founder needs to know. Yeah. So, um, I used to do weekly cash uh, flow forecasts for my previous company. It's definitely, um, I think the meaning of knowing that number on a weekly or at least on a monthly basis are, you know, multitudes actually from, I think more practically from e-commerce founder perspective, be aware that when lenders um, outside, when they're considering lending you how much money, right? Um, cash flow is an important consideration as I mentioned in other episodes, um, they actually, they pay more attention to your cash flow than, for example, uh, your gross sales number, because that's more credible, right? Um, and then when they also consider how much to lend it to you, one important factor they would want to assess is on a monthly basis, what's your, let's say, average cash position, uh, let's say for the last year, right, or for last uh, three or six months, so that they have a gauge in terms of uh, if they lend you this much for this long, like for three to six months, and then on a monthly basis, how much cash you have to pay out, um, including principal plus interest. So you want to make sure, I think both lenders will want to know also as, as a borrower uh, funders, you want to know that your cash flow forecast, uh, your monthly cash flow should be able to cover, I would say adequately cover, right? The estimated uh, loan payout. So that, that's like, I think that's one use case of knowing your cash flow number on the at least monthly basis would be helpful. Yeah, definitely. The banks want to know that uh, you have enough money to, to pay them back. <laughs> Um, yeah. One thing I want to dive into a little bit more is the uh, cash conversion cycle. So can you talk about what that is and how to calculate it? Yeah, cash conversion cycle um, it is basically, um, I, I, I think, think of um, basically cash inflow conversion and cash outflow conversion, right? So cash inflow conversion, including your inventory, uh, turnover days, basically, and also your, I think, what is that? The um, Basically, it's a day's inventory outstanding and day's your sales outstanding, your receivables uh, payout cycle. Uh, and cash outflow conversion would, would be the day's payable outstanding, like how, how many days you typically you, you have to pay your vendors. And the um, cash conversion uh, cycle would be the net, would be your inventory outstanding days um, plus your um, receivable outstanding days minus your payable outstanding days. It, it's obviously, it, it's a formula, it's an accounting formula. I would say the simplest way to think about is, um, you know, for practical purpose, you should 
Number one, minimize your receivable outstanding days or minimize your, your inventory sales cycle, right? And meanwhile, max, maximizing your bills outstanding days. Does that make sense? Meaning if you sign a PO with a co-packer to produce goods, if you can negotiate with the co-packer to say, can I pay you a larger portion and end of the production when you have all the finished goods? Or can I pay it after you actually have all the finished goods to maximize the payout period? That will literally give you more cash during the production cycle, right? And then uh, a practical advice to minimize your, uh, your receivable days outstanding would be, for example, between Shopify and Amazon, Shopify pays every two days of any outstanding receivables. Amazon pays uh, every, every two weeks. So between the two, if you want to get more, I, I would say get, get shorter you know, payout period, sell more on Shopify, right? Uh, obviously, both Shopify and Amazon, they pay much quicker than distributors and retailers because uh, then they pay you 30, 60, 90 days. That's even more way out. So um, if you have a heavy, I would say, composition on the uh, offline wholesaler and retailer channel, you need to seriously think about, okay, how do I, uh, maybe I should get some finance uh, to finance the, the like 90 days payout because during that 90 days, someone does not pay me. I, I need cash to, to, to produce my goods or, or I need to spend cash on something else. So I would say in practical sense, if, if you can maximize the difference between the two, you know, pay your vendors uh, uh, as late as possible um, and pay, get pay from your customer as, as fast as possible. Then if you can maximize that difference, then you're, pretty, you're in a pretty good position, I would say. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, uh, I've even seen some companies, it's very rare um, in the food space, but I've seen com some companies that have, um, a, I think it's called like a negative um, <laughs> kind of cash, uh, cash or yeah, cash flow where they're able to um, pay their vendors after they get paid for product. And so they can just continue to, to buy product and sell um, because of that relationship. But that's only with that yeah negative cash conversion cycle um, because they they were able to negotiate really strong terms with with vendors. Um, Alice, this has been great. I thank you so much for diving into these topics. That wraps up episode three of our three part finance mini series. If you missed any of the other previous episodes, definitely go back and take a listen. There's tons of really great information just like this. Alice has been incredibly kind of gracious to sharing all this information. If you have questions on any of these topics or want to understand your, your working capital, cash conversion cycle, um, your accounting, uh, clear up any accounting mistakes, definitely reach out to Alice at My Pocket CFO. And she is also offering a really great deal for all of our listeners to trial their auto bookkeeping for an introductory price of just $99 for the first three months, which is 50% off their standard price, which is only $199 per month. 
shoot me an email or Alice an email. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, and she'll also share her working capital financing option list and a fundraising checklist in addition to everything else. Alice, this has been such an amazing uh, conversation over these three episodes. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, the audience. If you want to reach out to me on your specific case or company situation, I'd be happy to talk offline. And thanks, Jordan, for being such a great host. I um, look forward um, to continue our collaboration. Thanks.